0: Glad you've decided to participate with us online. I hope that you will participate, that you will not just spectate, that this will actually be a season of worship for you, that in the next hour you'll change your posture, you will focus your mind, you'll get some notes out, and you'll do what it takes to engage in the word of God uh, together with the church. We're not in the same place, but we're in the same moment, and that's a blessing. So let's take encouragement and, um, and remember that we're a part of a community Together we're experiencing some challenging things, but uh, together we can we can look to the Lord, our common King, uh, for direction and for help. My name's Nathan. I'm glad you're here. Uh, we started a, a new series last week called Changes and Chances, and the inspiration came from this this uh, prayer. It's from the Book of Common Prayer. It's actually. An old prayer that is intended to be prayed. It's a nighttime prayer. It's a it's a, pray, a prayer you pray before you go to bed. And I really appreciate this prayer, especially this line. We who are wearied by the changes and chances of this life. Isn't that a great phrase? I guess I resonate with this because of the feeling. We who are wearied. We who are worn out. We who are worn thin. We who are huckered out bleary-eyed just smashed just afraid exhausted patience is gone arguing about things we never used to argue about uh, short-tempered it's back to school time which traditionally is a time for new jeans and fresh haircuts and at least for a few weeks everybody's kind of organized and peppy you know the band's playing when you show up at school in the morning and it's it's an exciting time Um, But not this year. This year we're wearied. We're three days in. My family's three days into the school year and we're tired. (laughs) We're like ready for it to like shift into some kind of a break. Why are we so worn out? Why are we so weird? By what are we wearied? Well, we're wearied by the changes and the chances of this life. That's what's tired us out. Isn't that a great phrase? The changes and chances from a literary standpoint, I just think that's beautiful. The letters are almost exactly the same changes and chances. It is an Old English phrase that appears in Old English prayers to mean the expected and the unexpected. That's what that means the expected and the unexpected. Things that are expected are the changes, things that are unexpected um, are the chances. So there are changes. Like we're going back to school, how many days till we start, we're having a baby, there's a due date, it's everybody's kind of focused on that, we're moving, things like this, changes that happen for which we prepare. And even though changes, we know changes are going to happen, still, even though we know they're going to happen, much of our emotional and physical energy is spent preparing for the changes, right? Right? They're the changes that we see coming. We expect them to come, and we focus a lot of our energy um, on those changes. And then there are the chances, and those are the unexpected things, the things that you can't predict, the things you didn't know were coming, you couldn't plan for them, the stuff that comes along with real life. It's just there's real life, there's real people, they make real choices, and sometimes they make the bad choice, and so you get rear-ended, right? It's not your fault. But it happened and it takes all this emotional energy, all kinds of energy is, is, is placed towards the chances in, in life, right? The refrigerator stops refrigerating. And, it, and now it's a major factor in your in your week, right? The automatic computer update crashes the printer. The week before school starts, the dog pukes in the hallway on your way to work. This isn't your fault. It's not anybody's fault. There's no deeper meaning here. It's just stuff that happens, right? You didn't expect it. You didn't wake up thinking about it. It's like a flat tire. It just happens, and now it's a major part of your life, at least for the next couple hours or whatever it takes. It's just part of the way it is. But here's the thing about the chances. The unexpected things, when you're already running on almost empty, when you're already pretty frayed, where all the changes happening in our life already have us pretty much redlined, the chances, those are the things that they just end up pushing us over the edge. You plan for the changes, and your schedule's already full with all of the things that are changing. And then on top of that, here come the chances, and that's what pushes you right over the edge. I came home from work on Monday for lunch, and I said something critical to my family because there were sliced tomatoes on a breadboard on the counter and tomato juice. I mean, can you believe that? There were sliced tomatoes on a breadboard and tomato juice on the counter at lunchtime. (laughs) And as my voice is speaking critical words, there's another voice inside my head going, what is the matter with you, man? Like, what, what is going on in your mind? Why are you saying this right now? Stop saying it. Don't. Oh, there it went. You said it, right? It's out. It's like, what is the matter? What's going on? this is pushing me over the edge. Carmen's looking at me like, are you gonna be okay? <laughs> Should we be worried? I'm wearied. I'm wearied by the changes and the chances of this life. I think most of us are wearied by the changes and the chances of this life. Got a financial challenge on top of an injustice challenge, on top of an illness challenge, on top of a whatever. It just keeps stacking up. So what do we do about it? This prayer is ultimately a prayer for rest. Did you see that? So that we who are wearied by the changes and chances of this life may rest in your, that is in God's, eternal changelessness. This is a prayer for rest. This is a bedtime prayer. That we who are wearied by the changes and chances may rest in your eternal changelessness. So that's what we're talking about for the next few weeks. And I'm, uh, all I'm really doing is reminding us of some big Bible Basics, some major themes in Scripture, and I'm hoping that we will, as we navigate life together, that we'll start with these big basic themes. Bible themes, these big basic truths. Last week, two big basic Bible truths were these. Isolation is bad, not morally wrong, just unhealthy. Isolation is bad, as opposed to maybe solitude being something that you choose for a short season in order to uh, get a reset, kind of help, help with your health. Isolation is typically imposed, it's forced, and it is not healthy. Isolation is bad, we talked about last week, and God is good. God is good. His character is good. His motivation is always good. God is only good. So if you missed it, I hope you'll go back and you'll watch that sermon from last week. It may explain why you're getting pushed over the edge by things like tomatoes sliced on your kitchen counter at lunchtime. Okay? So that was last week. Today's message is called Storm. And I'm going to say two things. I'm going to lay it out here right at the front. Here are the two things I'm going to say in the next 15 minutes or so. One, storms happen. And two, God is faithful. That's where we're headed. Here's a story from Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 22. This is a story of Jesus calming the storm. This is what Luke writes. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. It'll be here on the screen. One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and they set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. I have two questions about this story. Here's my first question. Why did Jesus fall asleep? It's because he's tired. (laughs) That's why he fell asleep. He's weary. He's feeling exhausted. If you read what comes before this, he's been giving and giving and giving and giving to needy and needy and needy people all day and maybe longer. So he's feeling tired. He falls asleep. A squall came down on the lake. A squall is a sudden, furious storm with rain and gusts of wind. It's not a single gust. It's not a prolonged breeze. It is dark clouds erupting violently in irregular gusts of wind with big sheets of rain common on um, these small seas like the Galilean Sea. Picture Trees whipping around and, and boats crashing into each other. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger, Luke writes. What do the disciples do? The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown First question about the story is, why did Jesus fall asleep? Answer, because he's tired. Here's my next question about this story. How is Jesus still sleeping in the midst of this storm? How is it possible that he's still sleeping? It's because he wasn't worried. Okay, It's because he wasn't worried. Write this down. Jesus was tired, but he was not worried. Okay. Jesus was tired, but he was not worried. End of verse 24, he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water. And they obey him. So here in Luke, it's also recorded in Matthew's gospel. It's recorded in Mark's gospel. Is the most famous storm story in the Bible. It is not the only storm story in the Bible. There are lots of storm stories in the Bible. And some of the storm stories in the Bible are not about literal storms. Some of them are about weather events. Others are about actual storms that have nothing to do with the weather. They're relational storms. They're financial storms. They're storms about um, abuse or injustice. They're storms about manipulation or deceit. They're storms about people dealing with deep grief in their life. There's all kinds of storm stories in the Bible. And one of the reasons this storm story is so famous is that it serves as a metaphor for all the other storms that we experience in life. This story acknowledges that storms happen. They just come up out of nowhere. You're just crossing the lake. You're doing what you do. You've done this before. Jesus says, let's go to the other side of the lake. It doesn't appear to even be worth recording. And then crash suddenly out of nowhere, a furious squall. A truly dangerous experience that becomes the dominant reality in your life and is actually life-threatening if you just look at this story. It's not... A Sunday school story. Okay, this is a real danger. It becomes the dominant issue in your life, and it literally threatens to undo things. This is how storms happen. Okay, there's annoyances and little pet. No, but we're t- storms. This is how storms happen. So this story is famous because it serves as a metaphor for the storms of real life, of the rest of life. But it's also famous because this story clearly communicates Jesus's power over the storms. The disciples line at the end of the story reveals the point of the story. The disciples say he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. It strikes me friends that the part that makes the storm so threatening is that it it's unexpected. It's like a new situation. We didn't see it coming. And so it feels threatening. There's a degree to which it is unknown. We're not prepared. I don't understand. It's an unexpected experience. It's new. Several of Jesus' disciples were familiar with this sea or this lake of Galilee. They've navigated lots of storms, right? They've experienced lots of squalls, but apparently there's something new about this. It must be the intensity of the storm because real fear grips their hearts. They're actually concerned for their life. Their line to Jesus is, we're going to drown. They're finding themselves in a new situation. It's unfamiliar and it's unexpected. I don't know if you feel like you're in a storm per se. Some of you probably are. But I bet you can identify parts in your life that are unexpected. Things that are happening right now that are new situations. This is not what you thought was going to happen. It's not what you wanted to happen. You haven't gone through this kind of thing before. Two real simple examples that seem to be common are the school year. It's a new situation. Almost everybody's school situation is different than it's been before. It's a major issue impacting so many families in our community. Another is working from home. there we go all right but there's it's the newness right it's the newness of a thing which can become the challenging element of it can feel like sort of a storm so I got I got good news and bad news about storms okay here's the bad news storms happen they happen They've happened before. They're going to happen again. This is not the first thing you've been through. It won't be the last thing that you w- will go through. This life is full of unexpected and undesired experiences, and we're just going to continue to have to na- learn to navigate these things over and over again. Bad news is storms happen. Okay. Here's the good news about storms, and it is such good news. Here it is. in li- It is in life's storms. It is in the new and unsettling situations where we discover or rediscover God's nature and God's character okay you can read about it in a book but you're not going to know it from like an experiential sense unless you go through the storm because it is in the storm The new situation, the unexpected situation, where you're not on your game, where you're not depending on your education, where you can't say, like, oh, I got this handled. It's in those situations where you're like, we're going to die, where we discover and, in many cases, rediscover, friends. We need to be reminded of God's nature and God's character. In other words, if you're about to start college and your freshman year just got washed out by this COVID storm. First of all, we're sorry. And secondly, you know, sometimes this stuff just happens. This is just the storms of life, right? Um, and, 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 and we're sorry about that. And, and that's bad news. Storms happen. But here's the good news. It is in this storm, it is in this unexpected experience where you will discover or you could discover the truth about the nature and the character of God. What do I mean by that? The nature of God, the fact that God is everywhere present. That's his nature. God is the God who is here. And the character of God, that God is good, God is the God who is here and who is good. It's in these new situations when we're feeling terrified, out of control. I'm thinking I'm not going to make it. These are the situations in which we discover God's nature, God's character. That he is always and everywhere present. He is the God who is here. That's his nature. That's just who he is and what he's like, his character, that he is good. Here's how the writers of the Psalms take these two ideas the nature of God and the character of God, and they bring them together in one powerful word. And it shows up over and over and over again in the Bible, and it communicates both God's nature and God's character. There's a word. It says both God is here and God is good. Do you know what the word is? It's faithful. Okay. That's the word. And over and over and over again, the people of God thank the Lord, look to the Lord, sing about God for his faithfulness. God is faithful. Friends, you know this already. This is basic Bible truth, right? But you're in a new situation right now, and so am I. And so I'm reminding you, that's all I'm doing, and I'm reminding me of this basic truth. God is faithful. He is here, and he is good. You don't have to wonder where he's at. He is with you. You you don't have to question his character. He is good. Yes, we're tired. We're wearied by all of the changes and the chances of this year. And we're snapping at our loved ones over things like sliced tomatoes. We're in, we are not on our A game, many of us, right now. And then, boom, another storm hits. Another unexpected piece of news comes. Another change in the situation. Another brand new scenario. So what do we do? What do we do? We cry out to the Lord because God is faithful. Right? We cry out to the Lord because in the midst of the changes and the chances of life, we can count on God's changelessness. We can rest In the eternal changelessness of God, friends, people have been praying to this faithful God through other storms that are larger than these. He has not changed since he delivered people who were in trouble in scripture. He's not changed since he delivered those of us, those who have gone before us in the faith. He is the eternally unchanging one and he remains faithful in his Character in his nature, God's consistency, God's stability, God's faithfulness. Those are the things that we reach out to and take comfort from in these kinds of times. So, today the message is very simple. It's just this storms happen and God is faithful. Okay, storms happen and God is faithful. May God grace us to not lose our minds in the midst of the storm, but to run to Jesus and cry out to him. He is the faithful one. Right. He is the good one who is with us. Let's pray. I Thank you, Lord. You quiet the storm of the seas. You quiet the sound of their waves. You quiet the noise of the people. And in the silence, we see that you are, your presence is here with us. May we take deep comfort in it. May you be the base note that undergirds our whole existence as all kinds of things continue to be piled into the lives of parents And business owners and students and married people and singled people and kids. May the reality, the consistency, the stability of your goodness, your faithfulness be the bedrock of our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.